Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 132. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. My name is Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned business growth strategist, helping entrepreneurs around the world to make six and seven figure leaps in their business. Each week, we bring you multiple episodes designed to help you go further faster in accomplishing your goals and dreams. Now let's get down to business. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to be here today with John Pollock. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So just to tell our listeners a little bit about you, John is the CEO of Financial Gravity, and he's helped hundreds of entrepreneurs to find legal, moral, and ethical ways to lower their tax raise profits, and create wealth in their businesses. The result has been that his clients can finally start living their American dream, a key reason why they started their businesses in the first place. As a podcast expert, John delivers more than just entertainment and good content. His audience walk away transformed and equipped with real-world strategies that they can immediately use to solve their most challenging business problems, including the ones they thought couldn't be fixed. John, welcome to the show. I'm excited. So I am so pumped up to have you on the show today because I think one of the things that we don't think about or talk about enough as entrepreneurs is, you know, how to lower the amount of taxes that we all pay. We all pay a lot of taxes, especially those listeners that are in the United States of America. And most of us don't learn in school how important it is to have, you know, that financial roadmap, that financial plan to minimize our tax exposure so that we can keep more of the income that we worked so hard to achieve. So I'm really excited to have you here, John. Yeah, it's a big problem. Um, And it's funny because the CPA industry is actually not taught to solve this problem either. So it's not just a a business problem for us. Uh, It's a big, big problem because there's no one else to reach out to to solve the problem. So it's, it's complicated. Yeah, definitely. And I think also, you know, I think most people um, as they build their businesses, they get a bookkeeper that kind of manages the data that's coming into them and provides them reporting and that type of thing. But there isn't necessarily like analysis and planning. And I think then when you go to the CPA at the end of the year, it's like too late to actually do anything about it. So first of all, how did you get into this aspect of financial planning? I want to call it because I think tax planning really is proactive financial planning. Yeah, and that yeah. So basically, what happened was is that I, I was you. I was the the people listening. I was an entrepreneur. I had a financial planning practice, a wealth management practice. So I could speak the language. I knew what a non qualified and a qualified fund was, and I did have a little bit of knowledge about how I can control taxes for like a retiree. If they take money out one way, they wouldn't be taxed under Social Security. So I kind of had this idea of what can be done, but I had the same problem that the average person has is where do I go? Well, I guess I'll just go to the CPA. So I actually reach out to CPA and say, look, I've become successful. I'm making quite a bit of money, but man, I am getting absolutely hammered in taxes. Mm -hmm. And one thing people don't know that are entrepreneurs is as their business grows, the taxes actually grow faster. So if you double your business, your taxes may triple or quadruple. Mm -hmm. So it starts to become a major drag on what you're trying to Um, It's like running with ankle weights on and the ankle weights keep getting heavier and you're supposed to run faster. Mm -hmm. So 
it's 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 a struggle. So I went to the CPAs and CPAs basically, and I went to about a dozen. Said this, they all said the same thing: John, you make what you make, you pay what you pay. Which didn't sit right with me, because I knew that well, I, I'm able to reduce taxes on a retiree just by controlling the, how the money flows. Right. You're telling me there's nothing that can be done. Well, no, there's not. I mean, the tax code is the tax code, and. That's kind of when I started my journey. I started to realize that the tax code is the tax code, but the peop- there's no one trained on how to use There's 70,000 pages. It's like a, it's an embarrassment of riches is what it is, is there's all kinds of things in there. And I think it's almost immoral. Actually, I don't think it's almost. It's immoral for you not to use the entire code that was written for you um, for your own family's benefit. I mean, if you're paying an extra $20,000 a year in taxes and now your kids can't go to college, that's on you. Right. And so I w- went to solve it. Once I started to realize how to solve it, I went to see if there was a, there must be another business out there that has figured this out and has created a model to help other people solve this. And there wasn't. So that's, isn't that how entrepreneur, <laughs> entrepreneurs start businesses? They say, wow, this is a huge problem in the marketplace. I talked to enough small businesses to know that they all hate taxes. Um, it's a universal hatred. And, well, if, if everyone dislikes taxes and no one's helping solve for this problem, that's about as big of a business opportunity as I could find. So we started building it. And then we started to realize that it's, it's, a, it's a big problem, too, because a lot of people think that CPAs solve the problem, which they don't. Right. But they're trained to solve the problem, which, which they aren't. Not. Yeah, yeah. and and yes. if I do fall, if I do try to reduce my taxes, I'm gonna get audited, and that's the biggest. People are so afraid of the IRS, um, which is it's an it's unfounded fear. You know, the IRS doesn't typically throw people in jail unless they commit fraud, and we're right. not committing fraud exactly. using the code. So it's a it's a really strange business problem. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I always find it really interesting. You know, you hear on the news all the time, you know, um, kind of these sound bites about, you know, these high level people or these big businesses um, or big business owners, these elite um, entrepreneurs that are not paying enough in taxes. And I always scratch my head and I always wonder, like, isn't that them learning the law that was created for them and then leveraging them the way that it was intended? Because, you know, everyone has a choice, right? Like we decide what we're going to educate ourselves in and then how we're going to apply or not apply that knowledge just because they've taken advantage of the same thing that's available to everyone and made it a point to go out and and seek to understand this and then utilize it the right way. I don't think that's a reason um, to be like bashing them or having negativity towards them. You know what I mean? It's ex- and that's exactly the kind of the problem I ran into is like, why are we, first of all, I had the same question way. If rich people aren't paying their fair share, does that mean I'm not rich enough? Because I know I'm paying my fair share. Mm-hmm. So that was the first question. Mm-hmm. The second question is, is, well, isn't the tax code universal? That means exactly. whatever they're doing, I can do. It's available to everyone. And there's that no, is why, John, you are on the show today. <laughs> exactly. There's no secret handshake that right. you know, the super rich have. And I'm like, well, I, I just knew you know, the, the password to get into this special part of the code. And that's not – the code is, is – it's like hidden in plain sight. It's so big. And it's so overwhelming, no one wants to go and, you know, sit down with the 70,000-page tome and, you know, find what works for them. Yeah. yeah they don't have definitely. to. I mean, we've, we've actually chronicled it, chronicled it. There's about 300 strategies. Uh, they don't – you can't use them all at once. 
we usually try to pick five to 10 when we work with a client that are going to have the biggest impact, um, tens of thousands of dollars within the first year. And then we can start adding the, you know, the, the finer points if people are willing. And there's some places where I just won't, I mean, I'm never going to record my mileage. It's just, I've resigned to it. I used to keep a ledger in the car in the good old days. Now they've got apps that do it. There's apps now that, that as soon as you leave your house, it's tracking it. And then as soon as you arrive at a place, it'll pop, pop up and say, you know, swipe right if this is a business, swipe left if this is an uh, individual. And if it's a business, it asks you to put information in. I won't even do that. So I'm just resigned to the fact that I'm going to be paying a higher amount of taxes if I than if I track my mileage. Now, I do lease my car specifically for the one reason that leases are tax-deductible uh, loans or not. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's easier to write off a lease for me than it is to track every mile. So I have adapted my own personality and unwillingness <laughs> to do yeah. some detail work yeah. uh, to the tax code, which the tax code allows for that. I can, you know, a lease is a tax write-off or mileage is a tax write-off. So pick one. Right, If you're exactly. doing 50,000 miles a year, you'd be nuts not to use mileage because you could write off <laughs> a car very quickly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let me ask you this. Like, let's kind of frame this up for the listeners. You know, what size and scope business do you feel is the perfect um, level to begin a proactive um, tax saving strategy where it's really worth kind of investing in this as like a key strategy in your business? Well, I, I would actually consider it from the very beginning. If you're about ready to start a business, consider how you're f- framing it. Um, think of the framing on a house. You need to have the proper structure. You can obviously build another house later, but if I run my business out of my checking account, and it's all personal, and I'm mixing my groceries with that new printer I bought, that's just not a good strategy. So you really should start at the beginning by separating the checking accounts. Now, if you want to move from a sole proprietor, which is one taxing strategy, to an S-corp, which is another taxing strategy, then you can do that later. And that we start looking at about $100,000 in gross revenue, which is not a ton in business. Now, our clients that come to our firm, we tell them, look, if you're if you're not paying at least twenty thousand dollars in personal income taxes, there's not a lot we are going to be able to do because the way our our cost structure is, it's not going to be worth it. But I recommend that people start reading on it. Um, and in fact, I can give out at some point we have an ebook on the ten biggest myths about tax planning that they can read. It's real breezy. Uh, it's an easy read, and it'll start getting them thinking. It's almost like you have to reframe your mind. I need to build my business around tax strategies. In fact, it's encouraged by the, the tax code. And this is another thing that people just don't get is if I'm a politician and I want you to do a thing and I write a law in hopes that you do a thing because if you do that thing, you're going to get an incentive. You're going to get a tax rate. You're going to get a tax deduction. I've written it because I want you to use it. But for some reason, people feel that by using it, it increases their risk of of audit when it's the exact opposite. Your audit risk goes down the more of the strategies you use because your income goes down. Right. And the IRS right. is a collection agency. They yeah. collect big numbers, not little numbers. So yeah, make your numbers little. Yeah. So so start start now. Start thinking about it. Most people are setting up LLCs these days and different states are different. So you know, we'll move in Texas, we'll move someone from a sole proprietor to an S-corp. But in Tennessee, 
Tennessee has decided that they want to ignore the federal government's taxing rules and they tax every corporation the same. So um, we have to kind of change our strategies for companies in that state. So th there is some uniqueness on, on, from state to state, but it doesn't matter. You can save money on all of them. Perfect. I love it. So I do want to cover a couple of those top myths and strategies that people can use. And then um, obviously we won't get through all of that today, but if you can offer the link to the ebook so that people can take it a step further and get through the rest of them, that would be awesome. So can you pick maybe one or two that you think are most powerful starting points for people um, that are kind of biggest bang for your buck, you know, great low lying fruit to go after first that people should get started with? Well, the, the home office is probably the biggest because it, most of the people listening to your show probably have a home office. And there's this belief by CPAs uh, that I don't know where it came from that the home office is a red flag. And it hasn't been a red flag since the Internet. I mean, the Internet has made it so that anybody can do business anywhere. So why are we worried about it? And here's a, another thing that no one seems to understand. There are four ways to write off the home office. So if it was a red flag, why did the government bother to come up with four different ways to do it? Um, so you can, you can write off business use percentage by square footage. You can write off business use percentage by, um, you can depreciate or you can write it off by rooms. And you can even rent your house to yourself 14 days a year. So it's a 14-day rental rule. You can actually Google 14-day rental rule, and you'll realize it's a real thing. Um, and if real, the realistic point here is that if your CPA or accountant or bookkeeper is not telling you to do the 14-day rental rule, you might want to fire them or look for someone that understands that because it's super simple to do, and it's going to save you several thousand dollars a year in taxes, that one strategy. So your house is a business run it like a business, get the tax off, write off like a business. If you have a swimming pool and you're doing business out of your house, you can even write off part of your swimming pool. So, and if you're doing a business from your house, every mile that you go to another office or another place is a tax deduction from when you leave your house because that's your office. So solving that one problem actually leads to a lot of other d additional deductions. Wow. Okay. I love that. And um, I'm, I'm super excited to hear about how I can write off my swimming pool. I do make calls out by the pool oftentimes. So <laughs> I might need to connect with you after this and talk a little bit more about that. But no, that's that's awesome. And um, hopefully people can get the deep dive from the ebook. Let's let's give them the address and then let's move on to another myth. What, where can they go to get the ebook if they're like, okay, I'm ready. Give it to me now. So they can go to John Pollock Inc. So P O L L O C K I N C uh, dot com, and it's, there's a book tab. Um, or they can text you three three four 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 the word tax book, all one word. I love it. Okay, perfect. All right, give me another myth here, John. Let's keep it going. All right. So another another thing we can work on is the the let's let's do the retirement plans. A lot of people are familiar with four hundred one ks. So a lot of people, but if you're a small business owner, you're you're thinking, gosh. I wish I could have a 401k because it's this great thing and big companies have it, so it must be good. That's not true. Uh, 401ks, even on companies up to 50 employees, we actually will kill the 401k. The 401k is not, it's a very expensive plan. It doesn't make a lot of sense for smaller businesses. And you got to keep in mind when you start to defer taxes to another time, because that's all you're really doing. You're saying, you know what, I'm going to take. $5,000 off the table today, I'm going to put it in this account, let it grow, and then pay taxes on it later. 
but a 401k or an IRA or a SEP or a simple, all of those are regular income tax. So capital gains is lower than regular income tax. And I always like to ask a question, if you're 20 to 30 years from retirement, even if you're five years from retirement, do you think taxes are going up or do you think they're going down? If you think they're going up, why are you deferring to the highest taxable mm -hmm. tax rate, which is regular income, and you're, re you're deferring a larger number? Right. So you're right. choosing to pay tax on the harvest instead of the seed. Right. So I am not a big fan of, of retirement plans. A Roth is a better strategy, especially now if you're if you're got a smaller business and you're you can stash money, stash it when the taxes are low, and then when your business gets bigger, then we can start doing some more clever tax strategy that you may have never heard. I mean, we have a tax strategy where you can stash a million dollars a year tax-free. Mm -hmm. So grow it at capital gains rates and take it out tax-free. It is the single best strategy we have, but obviously you need to have a lot of money to be able to employ that. So just be careful that when you're doing your tax planning that you're taking into consideration later. A lot of people, all they think about is now and they make decisions about the now, but you know, saving $10,000 that will be worth $50,000 later at a higher tax bracket is not a really good straight good strategy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What do you think? I know we have a lot of people, John, that listen to this show, and I even have a lot of clients actually that work a full time job and then also have a business on the side. What would you say are some of the best tax saving strategies for those that are paying high taxes already um, in their full time gig? Um, how can they leverage the business and, and find ways to, to maybe save on taxes there? Well, we'll use the business to do things so you actually can create a loss. And this is a, this is a kind of cognitive dissonance because you're a business owner, you're supposed to drive for profit, you're supposed to drive for revenue, and then we you come into me and I say, well, we're going to create a loss in your business. But there's a difference between revenue and accounting. And this is something that's lost on a lot of people. Um, and the bigger the businesses get, the more dramatic this actually becomes because you typically switch from cash to accrual. But even on the small business level, let me give you an example. We have a client whose wife is a doctor, but she's a small doctor and she's kind of, it's almost like a charity for her. She pays herself $40,000 a year and she does a lot of things with special needs kids. So, but it's a business. So what we did is the other spouse is a doctor who makes about $750,000 a year. So we take some of his income and we push it into the business and we write off against it. Um, so that's one way to reduce his large salaried income from a large hospital chain. Um, that's how we do it with them. There's also ways of looking at how do you uh, do Roth IRAs, how do you do different types of retirement plans that aren't the typical retirement plans. We do recommend that if you have a job and the job has a 401k that has a match, it's nuts not to take the free money. So you always want to at least contribute to a 401k to the match. But if there is no match, there may be other ways to save money in, and have a, a better retirement in the long run. So there are ways. There's not as many with W-2 employees but because you really need a business to control the flow of the money and control who gets paid, how they get paid. You know, and change your accounting methods in order to write off a house or, or a car lease. Can't typically do that as a W-2 employee. But if you have a couple that has a high income on the W-2 side and has a small business, then there are ways of shifting the money around so that you can get some deductions. Yeah, great. I love it. 
I love it. And do you have any kind of, so you have the, the ebook that people are going to get, John. So let's give them that one more time here. So text tax book, one word to three, three, four, 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 or go to John Um, and then there's a tab for the ebook. Okay. Awesome. I love that. Um, you can go to financial gravity too. I mean, the company's name is financial gravity. Um, but we put the, I don't know why <laughs> the marketing decided this, but we put the ebook on my personal site. So yeah, no, that's great. That's awesome. So, I mean, the reason for everybody listening today that I want you guys to be hearing this is, you know, whether you're a side hustler or you're running a full-time gig, you know, the percent that you pay in taxes has a substantial impact on your life. And it's, it's like you said at the beginning of the interview, John, literally it's the difference between you being able to pay for your kids to go to college or them having to take out loans or you being able to retire, you know, five years earlier or pay off your home or buy that vacation property. And, you know, I think that I, I love the tip and advice that you gave, John, of making sure that you're thinking about and starting with your tax strategy from the very beginning, finding someone like yourself, John, that has expertise in this planning and strategy. I know from personal experience that your bookkeeper and your CPA, neither one of those um, have either the knowledge, expertise, or interest in helping right. you to design this strategy. <laughs> that um, third piece is actually very interesting because a lot of people think, well, they work with numbers, so why wouldn't they no. be interested in it? It's just, I think it's almost a wiring thing. Yes, it's, it it's, is. It's, it is. It's, it's, their head is not wired for strategic thinking. It's wired for doing the same thing over and over again, putting the right number in the right box, yes. which is important, but it's yes. not strategic. One is about taking data and figuring out where things go in boxes and, and doing calculations. The other is the thinking. It's the actual thinking, the roadmap. Just like you need a roadmap for your business, you need to know as you build your business, where are you going to put that money and how are you going to make sure that you do your own due diligence in making sure that you get to keep as much of that money as humanly possible. So do you have different types of programs, John, where you work with different levels of businesses? Is it all very custom work? Like how does this, how do, how do you work with clients? Let's talk a little bit so about that. We actually structured it, and this this came. This is the trial and error of being an entrepreneur and just having to figure it out. Um, we started with a product. We first started to try to be more strategic in it, but we had a hard time competing with CPAs because everybody thought their CPA did something that the CPA does not do, and so that was that was that was a problem. So what we did is well, so well, let's not compete with the CPA. Let's sell it kind of like an architectural plan. You know, the CPA is a home builder and we're the architect. We don't compete, you know. Now, we happen to be in the home building business now, too, because we, we actually do do what the CPA does. But at the beginning, we were thinking, well, we'll just we'll call it a tax blueprint. And that's what happened is we called it a tax blueprint so that we can explain to people this is just the plan. You can take this architectural plan to any CPA and they can implement it. Uh, what, and, then we, and then we create a range of anywhere from two to $10,000 as to, and that's why we need you to have at least $20,000 in taxes because we guarantee we'll double your money. So if you pay us $2,000, we will find you four. If we find you $3,995, we refund you. Mm -hmm. So we need to double your money. Now, I'll tell you a little secret. Our average right now is 12. We don't advertise this because no one will believe it. So for every dollar you pay us, we're going to find 12 on average. Mm -hmm. Some is lower, some is, some is, some is substantially higher. So it's a, it's a strange – we actually tested, and this is actually good for your entrepreneurs out there. We tested advertising on radio ads where we promised to, to get a three times return. 
and we got no response to the ads. We changed the ads to a two times return, and then the phone started ringing. So that's one of those things that doesn't make sense from a, a rational standpoint. Three, you know, three x return is better than a two x return, but when it comes to advertising, it doesn't matter what's rational; it, it matters what works. Yes. So we we switched to. 2x. One thing we haven't tested, which I kind of want to test, which we haven't got to, is just test that we'll give them the money back. So if you get 2000 if you pay us $2,000, we'll find you $2,000. i am curious if that will actually outpull a two-times guarantee. But that's kind of how we structure it. We give you a book, and we, give you, uh, we actually give you every tax strategy in the tax code that you can implement. And then we find the 5 to 10 that we think will get you, first of all, That'll get you enough money to 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 get us our guarantee, right, but right. that will have the biggest impact fastest. Right now, our average is about twenty thousand dollars, so per client. So that's why we say you need to pay at least twenty thousand in taxes because obviously, if you're paying twenty, we're not going to be able to get you to zero. Um, but we're saving on average about twenty thousand dollars, and that's actually starting to creep up because we're starting to attract bigger and bigger clients. Um, as we get more traction in the marketplace, we have 20 offices now nationwide, so we're starting to get a, a lot more traction in the marketplace. That is awesome. I absolutely love the work that you're doing, John. It is so important, and I really hope that for some people listening, this really created a sense of urgency for them to get their financial house in order to include um, planning strategy. So, you know, we're getting into the fourth quarter here, guys. You're listening to this episode. It's probably, I don't know when this is going to be coming out, but it's going to be sometime in the fourth quarter of 2016 which means that you're deciding what your 2017 is going to look like right here, right now. When you do your budget for next year and you're mapping out your expenses, put a line item in there to work with someone to help you on your tax planning and strategy. Plan to incorporate this into your strategic vision and plan for your business going forward because you think about things and you look at the expenses in your business and you say, okay, return on investment. And if you were to rank all the places that you're spending money in your business, if you're talking about something where, for in John's case, for example, they're giving a guarantee of doubling your return on investment, hmm, there's not that many aspects of your business where you're going to get a guaranteed you know, doubling of the return on investment for what you spent to invest in it. So really think about that as you plan for what you're going to do over the next 12 months with your business. Um, can we sneak in one more, John? Do you have one more quick strategy that you can cover before we wrap things up here? Yeah, and I would add to what you just said is that the fourth quarter is the best time to plan for this per current year, too. A lot of people wait till next year, and it's too late. December 31st, is a, a, a wall goes up, and we can't do a lot of – we can't add things to your strategic plan after the year is over. But up to December 31st, we can we can add things that will then capture everything that happened that year. So that's a good strategy right there, which is your planning does not happen when you're doing your tax return. Your planning happens in the year. So if you plan now, you'll get a 2x return because you're not only going to get the savings from 2016, but you're also going to get the savings in 2017. So you're really doubling down. This is really and it's our busiest time of the year. We actually stopped taking clients after mid-November because it, we we won't get this, the work done in time, and we'll make a lot of people mad. So planning now is is couldn't be a better time. A lot of people think that oh, I'll do that. I'll do this in March when I'm around tax time. Not a good idea. 
Yeah, perfect. No, that's, I mean, that's, it, it is all about planning ahead, investing, being smart, being strategic. I love it. Okay, no, that's, that's super, that's super smart. So John, this has been absolutely awesome. Um, it, it really accomplished the goal, I think, in terms of why I specifically wanted you on the show and, and what I thought you could bring to our listeners. Um, so guys, really think about your strategy for keeping the money that you work so hard to earn. And it's never too soon to start putting a strategy in place to do that. Um, John, one more time, let's give them the link to the ebook and your website so that they can go out there and uh, get started on on their tax planning strategy. So it's textbook, one word, textbook to 33444 text. Um, or you can go to johnpollockinc.com and then there's a tab or you can go to financialgravity.com. So lots of places to get it. It's it's we're very proud of it. It took us a lot of time. Anyone who's written an ebook knows how hard it is. It's yeah. it's a lot harder than I think it's harder to write something shorter than it is to write something longer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, awesome. Well, John, thank you for being an amazing guest today. I really appreciated all the the value that you brought to our, our listeners. Well, thanks for having me. All right, and that's a wrap. Thank you guys so much for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. Until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.